Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer together and of delving into the scriptures and receiving God's exhortation from them. I welcome you as I do each day and I invite you to do two things. Leave your prayer intentions in the comments so that we can all pray for one another. I also, of course, welcome to leave, uh, leave your ideas, your thoughts about the readings that we're discussing, questions and, and so forth. And uh, we can, uh, different shows, we can get to some of those questions, uh, not necessarily in the same show because we're not always live. But I always love uh, answering questions. And secondly, the um, thing I want to invite you to do is to uh, ask others uh, to come join our online audience so that it can continue to grow. It is growing. We're on multiple platforms, but you can be a catalyst of that growth. Okay, so... What I want to do today is uh, over uh, a couple of days uh, here in the readings, we have the very moving story of Joseph in uh, several chapters uh, over the book of Genesis. And I want to uh, read a, a little bit longer than usual passage encompassing the main points of that story where Joseph, uh, one of the 12 sons of, of Jacob, is... Um, is sold into slavery by his brothers, right, because of their, their jealousy of him. And uh, he's sold into slavery, and he ends up becoming the governor of Egypt. And later on, when a famine breaks out, the brothers go to Egypt, and they are going to Joseph, and they don't recognize that it's Joseph. Of course, how would they ever think it was their brother? And he recognizes them, and it's it's one of those sections of scripture, it's hard to read it without crying. Uh, he recognizes them. He hears them talking about uh, their, their regret of having sold him into slavery. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, he reveals himself to them and invites the whole family to come there uh, to, uh, to Egypt. God's providence is a story of God's providence. I want to read uh, some, some of the uh, passages from here and then apply it to our work in saving lives. So let's turn to the Lord in prayer, go into these scriptures, and uh, draw our lessons uh, from them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for your providence that guides our lives, and we are going to look at this story of Joseph with the moving lessons that it brings Lord, continue to move with your mighty hand of providence throughout history and in the history of our our lives, our church, our nation, and our world. Forgive us for not trusting in your providence. Lord, that is a, a sin we particularly want to avoid. We want to avoid all sin. We repent of all sin. But Lord, the failure to trust you, Please deliver us from that at all times. Increase our trust in you for the saving of many lives. Thank you for letting us be part of the pro-life movement. Thank you for letting us be part of the great movement of saving lives. Enable us to do it more and more and with greater and greater joy. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Let's read from the book of Genesis. When hunger came to be felt throughout the land of Egypt, and the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, Pharaoh directed all the Egyptians to go to Joseph and do whatever he told them. When the famine had spread throughout the land, Joseph opened all the cities that had grain and rationed it to the Egyptians, since the famine had gripped the land of Egypt. In fact, all the world came to Joseph to obtain rations of grain, for famine had gripped the whole world. The sons of Israel were among those who came to procure rations. It was Joseph, as governor of the country, who dispensed the rations to all the people. When Joseph's brothers came and knelt down before him with their faces to the ground, he recognized them as soon as he saw them. But Joseph concealed his own identity from them and spoke sternly to them. With that, he locked them up in the guardhouse for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to his brothers, Do this and you shall live, for I am a God-fearing man. If you have been honest, only one of your brothers need be confined in this prison while the rest of you may go and take home provisions for your starving families. But you must come back to me with your youngest brother. Your words will thus be verified and you will not die. To this they agreed. To one another, however, they said, Alas, we are being punished because of our brother. We saw the anguish of his heart when he pleaded with us, yet he paid, we paid no heed. That is why this anguish has now come upon us. Reuben broke in, Did I not tell you to do no wrong to the boy? But you would not listen. Now comes the reckoning for his blood. The brothers did not know, of course, that Joseph understood what they said since he spoke with them through an interpreter. But turning away from them, he wept. Judah approached Joseph and said, I beg you, my Lord, let your servant speak earnestly to my Lord, and do not become angry with your servant, for you are the equal of Pharaoh. My Lord asked your servants, Have you a father or another brother? So we said to my Lord, We have an aged father and a young brother, the child of his old age. This one's full brother is dead, and since he is the only one by that mother who is left, his father dotes on him. Then you told your servants, Bring him to me, that my eyes may look on him. Unless your youngest brother comes back with you, you shall not come in to my presence again. When we returned to your servant, our father, we reported to him the words of my Lord. Later, our father told us to come back and buy some food for the family. So we reminded him, we cannot go down there. Only if our youngest brother is with us can we go, for we may not see the man if our youngest brother is not with us. Then your servant, our father, said to us, As you know, my wife bore me two sons. One of them, however, disappeared, and I had to conclude that he must have been torn to pieces by wild beasts. I have not seen him since. If now you take this one away from me too, and some disaster befalls him, you will send my white head down to the netherworld in grief. Joseph could no longer control himself in the presence of all his attendants. So he cried out, Let everyone withdraw from me. Thus no one else was about when he made himself known to his brothers. But his sobs were so loud that the Egyptians heard him, and so the news reached Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. 
Is my father still in good health? But his brothers could give him no answer, so dumbfounded were they at him. Come closer to me, he told his brothers. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you once sold into Egypt. But now do not be distressed and do not reproach yourselves for having sold me here. It was really for the sake of saving lives that God sent me here ahead of you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It really is one of the most moving stories in the scriptures. And let's draw two lessons from it. Number one, God's plan is always the saving of many lives. Joseph was distributing the rations of grain to the whole world. People were coming to him. He was the governor of Egypt, saving of many lives, including his own family. And yet, in order to get into that position, he had to be rejected. In order to be raised up to that place, he had to come into that country sold as a slave, rejected by his own brothers. And yet, God used him for the saving of many lives. Don't we find it to be true that in our effort to save lives, we are constantly rejected? Especially when people know we're speaking up for the unborn. Reject, 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 ignore, ignore. No, no, we don't want to deal with that. We don't want to deal with the abortion issue. No, 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 no. It is the most rejected of all the efforts to save lives. Think about this. I mean, it's one thing to save lives. And there are many different things that we have to save lives from. But no work of saving lives is more despised, rejected, and ignored, looked down upon, treated, were treated like lepers, than the saving of the unborn. As I always say, defend the unborn, identify with the unborn, and you will be treated like them. You will be aborted in a thousand different ways. You know, now a lot of attention is being brought by this movie, The Sound of Freedom, to the problem of child trafficking. And attention should be brought to it, and obviously we have to be. Our consciences need to be awakened, and many people's consciences are being awakened, and it's getting a lot of deserved attention. But I suspect that so many of those in influential positions who are bringing proper attention to this movie would not do the same when it comes to abortion. Now, many will. Of course, those in our camp, many of the pro-life people, I mean, the people themselves, uh, many of those involved in this movie I know, and, and they are strong advocates for the unborn. But what I'm saying is, you've got a lot of people and outlets out there who will run to echo the conscience-awaking message of this movie but won't touch abortion with a 100-foot pole. You know what the reason for that is? First of all, think about it. It's the same children. I mean, a child at, in the womb and a child at uh, years later, what's, what's the difference in the dignity of that life? And the difference in the things being done to that life in abortion 
They're actually being killed. They're being dismembered. Deliberately, heads crushed, arms and legs taken off. The violence of abortion, far greater than any other violence done to children. The reason, brothers and sisters, that some will find it easier to lash out against the violence and the despicable, despicable activity of child trafficking, but not against the evil of abortion, is that chances are the people to whom they're speaking are not going to be involved in child trafficking. Chances, on the other hand, are very, very high. In fact, it's certain that many of the people that they'll be speaking to about abortion have been involved in abortion, and that's the dividing line right there. And that's why so many want to silence the message about the unborn, and that's why so many find themselves pressured to shy away from talking about violence to the unborn, even though that violence is more widespread and destructive than anything else. The saving of many lives. You go to save lives. You dedicate yourself to the saving of lives and you will be rejected. And yet, keep the story of Joseph in mind. In that very rejection, you will be put into situations. Opportunities will be opened up to you. You will be actually living the opportunity of saving those lives, often precisely because of the rejection. And this is exactly what God did in the case of Joseph. Stay, in other words, don't back away from the message or the mission simply because you have, you're, you're facing rejection. Endure the rejection and continue with the mission of saving lives. This is what comes across to us in the story of Joseph. The second thing about it is, of course, he is a foreshadowing of Christ. What happened to him is a prophecy of Christ. Betrayed with 30 pieces of silver, sold, if you will, into crucifixion. Jesus Christ is the stone rejected by the builders, rejected by his own people, as Joseph was, and has become the cornerstone dispensing the food that the world is famished for, the food of the bread of life, the Word of God, the gift of the Eucharist, His own flesh and blood, His Spirit. He feeds the whole world forever unto not only the saving of physical life, but unto eternal life. Jesus, descendant of Joseph, Jesus, the one who indeed governs the entire universe. Let's turn to him in prayer. Lord Jesus, you, you and your rejection were foreshadowed in this story of Joseph. Lord Jesus, your rejection also speaks to what happens to us in our own lives. Lord, help us to endure rejection for the sake of the saving of many lives. Help us to unite ourselves to your cross. Help us to unite ourselves to your rejection that we may experience salvation. 
Pour out your Spirit upon all the world. Enable us to feed those who are hungry for hope, for meaning, for life itself. Enable us to feed the youngest and weakest of our brothers and sisters in danger of being sliced apart by abortion. Help us to feed them, Lord, because their voices are ignored, their cries are not heard, their very existence is denied. We will be the ones to bring them front and center. We will be the ones to make sure people do not forget about them. Grant that that we would receive every grace necessary to continue this work with success and with your favor. We pray now as you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks, friends. It's always a joy to be with you. Let's continue to carry forth the message of these scriptures for the saving of many lives. Thank you for being involved in the pro-life movement. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for inviting others to these daily reflections. Talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.